Hometown Ghost Stories contains serious and often distressing events and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This week on Hometown Ghost Stories, Chillingham Castle dates back to the 13th century and the dark history surrounding it for almost as long. From a man who tortured and committed cruel acts to thousands to a heartbroken woman and the origins of blue lights and mists that appear to guests and stay in one specific room. Join us as we explore the hauntings of one of the most haunted castles in the world. This is episode number 49 of Hometown Ghost Stories, Torture and Torment at Chillingham Castle, England. hoping her eyes would adjust to the seemingly endless darkness surrounding her. It had been three weeks or so since her and her family had been taken prisoner. She had already lost count of the days. She hadn't seen any of them since they got to the castle. The last memory she had of them is a guard dragging her son from the courtyard as he reached back to her with fear in his eyes. She was his mother. She was supposed to keep him safe. Sleep was fleeting most nights as she felt she had failed him and the rest of her family. As she sat in the darkness contemplating all of this, a faint blue light caught her attention out of the corner of her eye. She looked over at it puzzled. Where was this light emitting from? Before she could dwell on it, this light slowly moved to the cage door. She approached it and grabbed the cold bars. It had a little bit of give to it and she realized it hadn't been locked. A wave of emotion came over her. Should she run? How would she make it out? Could she save her family? While these thoughts shot rapid fire through her head, she noticed the blue mist move its way towards the room's exit. Now she was perplexed. Was the mist attempting to show her the way? Couldn't be. She began to think she was crazy, but headed towards the door and the mist. She quietly exited the room and headed down the hallway, lit by the occasional torchlight. To her surprise, the blue mist stayed in front, and as she followed it, it led her straight from the castle. Slipping out unnoticed from the property wasn't going to be the end, though. The man in charge kept vicious dogs to track down any potential escapees, and as she took a few steps towards freedom, she heard one start to snarl and bark from within its cage. She began to run. She wasn't even sure she was heading in the right direction. She just hoped she was on her way to Scotland and would get away. As she ran in the darkness of night with only the moon overlooking, she noticed the blue haze appear a little in front of her. This time, it wasn't moving calmly. It seemed to be moving frantically, almost like it was trying to warn her of something. She couldn't stop though, so she powered forward as fast as she could. As she approached, the haze began to move more frantically. Right when she was almost close enough to touch the blue haze, she began to fall. She hit the bottom of what appeared to be a massive pit, and the air rushed out of her lungs. As she lay there, the sound of dogs started to close in on her. She heard men shouting. She tried to get up and get out of the pit, but couldn't find the proper footing. Then they were there. The dogs stood around the pit, barking down at her. The light of torches began to light up their snarling mouths and exposed teeth. 
Several guards now also surrounded the pit. Mary looked up terrified, and then she saw the man who dragged his foot when he walked appear. His face was reminiscent of the snarling dogs. He took his torch and angled it towards the pit, and that's when Mary saw what was down there with her, the bodies of a dozen or so people. As her wide eyes looked around, she noticed that one of them was her son. She was too late to help him. She began to weep as an oily substance began to rain down on her. She looked up to see the guards emptying buckets of this into the pit, and then another thing caught her eye. The mist appeared again. She stared at it. As she did, it began to take shape. The mist slowly revealed itself to be her son. They locked eyes, and she saw the sadness in his face. In her head, she heard him saying, I tried to save you, Mommy. I'm sorry. She cried out, It's not your fault. It's not your fault. The man who was in charge let out a smirk. He held out his hand, and one of the guards handed him a torch. He nonchalantly threw it into the pit, where everything in it ignited and lit up the night sky. I'm Rob Coakley, and this is Hometown Ghost Stories. Chillingham Castle. Chillingham, England. Chillingham Castle began as a monastery all the way back at the end of the 12th century. It was quickly converted into a castle and would become a crucial fortified position for the war between England and Scotland at the time. This house would be owned by only two families all the way up until the 1980s. These families were the Greys and the Bennets. The English would use it as a staging area for their soldiers entering Scotland, but it would be attacked repeatedly by Scottish forces. Some of the defenses of the castle were a moat and walls that were 12 feet thick in some areas. In 1298, a few upgrades were made for King Edward I as he traveled to the location to prepare to fight an army that was led by William Wallace. One of these was a glazed window and a frame, which was rare for the time. As Edward was entering Scotland and trying to find where Wallace and his army were hiding, he would put a man by the name of John Sage in charge of torture at the castle. There is no fully written record of John Sage. Some believe that he is similar to King Arthur in Robin Hood and lore. Others believe that the stories passed down of this despicable man are 100% real. Sage was one of the best and most brutal soldiers in King Edward's army. An injury to his foot in battle would render him unable to keep fighting. Edward would then have the idea to use Sage, whose nickname became John Dragfoot, on account of his injuries, to get information from Scottish prisoners. Sage would enjoy this job tremendously. He would use stretching devices, iron maidens, as well as inventing some machines of his own to torture his victims. It's said that up to 50 people a week would arrive at the castle to be tortured. This included men, women, and children, and many would not survive the ordeal. Eventually, the information that led to Wallace's downfall was gotten, and at that point, there was no longer any need to torture the people sent to the castle. He was ordered to release the prisoners, but he had other plans. He gathered every adult there was into the courtyard. Sage would then set their children up in a room overlooking them in the castle to watch. 
Then he set all the adults on fire while the children watched on, helpless. Once the bodies were done burning, Dragfoot grabbed his axe and headed to the room where the children were, where he brutally ended the lives of all of them. After this, Sage was having an affair with a woman named Elizabeth Charlton, whose father was a leader of a local group of border reavers, which were essentially outlaw gangs who helped the Crown defeat the Scottish. The couple infamously would have sexual relations in the torture chambers of the castle. One night, things went a little bit too far, and in the middle of the act, John would choke Elizabeth to death. He would try to cover it up, but word soon got out. The border reavers demanded the king turn Sage over to them, and not wanting to lose a powerful ally, that's exactly what he did. They then would issue out a punishment they felt was fitting. He was hanged in the courtyard of the castle with a short rope so that he would slowly choke to death. While choking, the tribe slowly removed parts of his body until he died. It's believed that since then, some of the estimated 7,500 victims still haunt the castle. Screams from within the castle walls, especially from the old torture room, have been heard frequently. The cries of babies have been heard from the Edward room which is the room he sent all the children to before murdering them. The room also has a chandelier that swings on its own, and a foul odor has been known to permeate throughout it, with no source being found. It's also believed that many dark spirits are roaming the castle, and one of the main ones is believed to be that of John Sage himself. Guests have complained of a dark presence following them throughout the castle and the grounds, along with a heavy feeling hitting them out of nowhere, and needing to leave to compose themselves. The White Pantry Ghost has been known to haunt the room known as the Inner Pantry for quite some time. The first recorded haunting was by a soldier who was in the room to guard silver that was stored there. As he was heading to sleep, a woman who was unusually pale approached him, begging for water. Thinking it was just one of the castle guests staying there at the time feeling sick, he went to fetch her a drink. As he went to get the water, he remembered that not only were there no castle guests that evening, but he was locked in the castle alone. When he returned, the woman was gone. The woman has been repeatedly seen over the years and it is believed she is the ghost of a woman that was poisoned within the castle walls. Lady Mary Berkeley married Lord Grey in the mid-1600s. While pregnant, Mary found out that her husband was having an affair with her sister, Henrietta. After a scandalous trial, Lord Grey would leave his wife, and it is said that Mary was in mourning for the rest of her life. There is a rumor that she jumped from the top of the castle to her death with child in hand, but this is confirmed as just a rumor. It appears, though, that she rarely left the castle and would die in 1701, buried at a church just a short ways away. She has been sighted roaming the castle in the afterlife. The rustling of a dress and a chilling touch is said to indicate that Lady Mary is around you. Within the castle, you can find what is known as the Pink Room, which is said to be the home of the most known ghost in the entire place. For many years, there were reports of a child's screams coming from the room when the clock strikes midnight. After the screams die down, a blue-like mist appears from the wall. After a bit, The blue mist slowly transforms and takes the appearance of a boy wearing very dated clothing that is also blue in color. As guests stand there in awe, the boy then simply fades away into the night. 
This typically would sound like nothing more than a ghost story that was made up for the castle. However, there's a little bit more to this story than just the appearance of the boy. In the beginning of the 1900s, during more of the castle's renovations, the wall the boy appeared from was chiseled into, and the workers would make quite a startling discovery. The remains of a boy were found within the wall, and he was wearing blue clothing from a time period much earlier. They found scratch marks within the wall of where the boy was buried alive. After recovering the body, the town would give him a proper burial. The hauntings were said to go away for a bit, but have since returned to the pink room. Chillingham Castle has been the inspiration for many people's interpretations of haunted castles over the years. It is also the inspiration behind Longfellow's poem, Haunted Houses. All houses, wherein men have lived and died, are haunted houses. Through the open doors, the harmless phantoms on their errands glide, with feet that make no sound upon the floors. We meet them at the doorway, on the stair, along the passages they come and go. Impalpable impressions on the air, a sense of something moving to and fro. There are more guests at table than host, invited, the illuminated hall. is thronged with quiet, inoffensive ghosts, as silent as the pictures on the wall. The stranger at my fireside cannot see the forms I see, nor hear the sounds I hear. He but perceives what is, while unto me, all that has been is visible and clear. We have no title deeds to our house or lands, owners and occupants of earlier dates, from graves forgotten stretch their dusty hands, and hold in Mortmain still their old estates. And as the moon from some dark gate of cloud throws o'er the sea a floating bridge of light, across whose trembling planks our fancies crowd into the realm of mystery and night. So from the world of spirits there descends a bridge of light connecting it with this, o'er whose unsteady floor that sways and bends wander our thoughts above the dark abyss. stories episode number 49 the chillingham castle another episode that ended with a poem and joining us on the show is our resident poet robert hello rob thank you for the nice poem again so we have an unprecedented opportunity right now dave is currently renovating his house he is there is no other time that we can actually bury him within his own walls and leave him there you know, the, reno- the renovations somebody. are actually just him building a torture chamber for all the revenge and death <laughs> threats that you've given him over the past, like, 20 episodes or so. We're joined by uh, by Dave. Hello, Dave. Hello. Uh, not inside the walls yet. Not yet. But here we are. <laughs> <laughs> welcome in everyone that's hanging out in live chat. And I want to welcome in everyone that was hanging out in the Patreon pre-show hangout. It was one of the perks for $10 and above uh, people. And we had a nice little hangout, nice little chat with some of the members that we're on Patreon. If you guys are 
interested, patreon.com slash hometown ghost stories. Uh, but we're also joined by Cash. I see Soph, Matthew T, Fox Crown, the Stephanie's, uh, just uh, Joe is here. Lot, lots of people, lots of folks hanging out in live chat. Selchuk and his wife. Hello, Irish assassin. What's going on, everybody? We're, t- we're, we're staying in England this week. So last week we did the Enfield Poltergeist, which was North London. And now we're even further north uh, for Chillingham. Yeah, that's right. About as far north as it gets in that country. Yes. So this is like north northern um, Umberton or something like Umberton. that. Northumberland, or as they called it back in the day, Northumbria. Northumbria. Is this Bebenburg? Bebenburg. Is it, is this, it will be is near this, it. But is that? Do you think maybe that's what? So if anyone, if anyone has seen The Last Kingdom, um, I wonder if this is what it's based off of. Destiny is all. I don't, I don't, that's right. right. Well, anyways, uh, so any Last Kingdom fans, I, I, I do wonder because Northumbria, Bebenburg, it's a castle up there. That's kind of what it was based off of. Judging by both of your lack of reaction, neither of you watched that show, but good Viking show. Now, I read the books. I don't know if the, um, I don't know if Bebenburg is not actually a real castle that exists. I, yeah, neither do I. This is why I'm wondering if it was based off this one. But Chillingham has an absolutely wild history and just these stories of torture methods you have um braveheart mixed in there so you have william wallace's history just the the torture i mean dude so so that footage was this from this actual castle like the the torture rooms so there is one part that is from the actual castle towards the end of the torture stuff but most of that i'll be honest i took from a torture museum just to show some of the actual torture devices that were used around that time yeah so we all saw that a room similar to that we were in jersey and there was a ripley's believe it or not and they had like a whole section inside that museum which showed the torture devices and this stuff is so scary to see in person and i was waiting for someone to yell freedom in the chat fox crown comes (laughs) in freedom which is good because i didn't want to scream into my microphone as you did anyways I, it was, it was, it was subdued. A muted, a muted yeah. scream. <laughs> the energy was still there, but the scream wasn't so loud. Well, this, this castle dates back to the 13th century, right? Like, so this is one of the oldest things that we have covered. We're always like, oh my God, can you believe all these ghosts from so long ago in 1897? And yeah. then now we're going over to England and we're covering something that is, like, a, I mean, it's still a few hundred years away, but it's getting closer to a thousand years old than not a thousand years old, right? So it, it's it's such a crazy change. And the amount of stuff that happened throughout these hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years in this castle and things we probably don't even know about. We These are things that we do know about. Imagine the things that we don't know about that were happening in this castle, especially when it was being used as like a fortified position. Yeah, I mean, anything medieval, I mean, obviously it's going unchecked. Papa Squatch, I want to pull his comment back up. He goes, torture room, Jersey, checks out, I think. Yeah, especially Atlantic <laughs> City. The whole place is basically one giant torture room. It really is. <laughs> especially when we went, because we went for my bachelor party, which was uh, like right after a hurricane had hit. So yeah. the place was, I mean, I don't know what it's like off season anyways. I think that was in like October and it was basically a ghost town. It was really windy and strange mm-hmm. and the buildings were all destroyed. 
<laughs> Irish assassin says the gulag. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it was it was very very strange. I just remember like we're we're walking down the the boardwalk and mm-hmm. it was completely like abandoned. There would just be and there was also like a government shutdown, so they even like wrapped up the trash cans. Like you couldn't even throw stuff away, which makes it even worse. It's just trash blowing around. Right. Very strange time. Do you remember that crazy guy was like walking down the boardwalk, just punching everything he could find? And we're like, yeah, let's <laughs> let's get away from that guy. He seems dangerous. He must have just broke out of the torture room. He was pissed off. <laughs> yes. Uh, so Stephanie says, a man cheating back in the day, wasn't that considered the norm? We are going to get into that story in a little bit because there's a lot more to that particular story. So I want to hit on that for a while. But we need to start at the beginning of the castle, which it started as a monastery and then like quickly evolved into being this, this castle. And it was a major, major position as you brought up, between the war between England and Scotland, which was the war the war that William Wallace was a part of. So this was real close to the border, I believe. So they were fortifying, getting soldiers ready at this castle to go to Scotland. And then on the flip side, they were getting attacked by Scottish soldiers. And they were doing a lot of renovations to this throughout this time too. And they had walls that were 12 feet thick on the outside and you start thinking about that when you start thinking about 12 feet thick walls and they didn't have like heavy machinery to break through these walls so like this is heavily heavily fortified and it had a moat at one point so this is every castle you see like depicted within like every movie and tale as old as time Right, so you have the this ta- these castles that were in like northern England were a lot more like this um, back then because they saw a lot more war up there. Where if you go further south, you have kind of more like palace-like towers that are nicer and not really built to hold up, you know, in a defense against you know the Scots, which there was uh, just they're constantly fighting back and forth during these times. So this castle is an example of one of these castles that was built for battle, right, and for battle. And that's just really a dark, ominous look. Yeah. Captain McSlow says, bit thick, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> bit thick, isn't it? <laughs> and uh, Jessica says, alien. So, so has the History Channel run a special that says maybe this place was possibly built by aliens? I mean, if they didn't, then they're going to now. Uh, so just to, just to get back to it, because this is going to be a heavy portion of the show, like we have to talk about John Sage. John Dragfoot. He was cool name. John Dragfoot. I mean, I guess if you're not being if you were the guy, you'd probably hate it. Yeah, right. you're just well, constantly getting yeah. reminded and hazed for being handicapped. That's awful. Yeah. That'd be like if we yeah. called Dave like Dave Short Guy. Yeah. <laughs> right. We just don't do it. It's just embarrassing <laughs> yeah. for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. No one wants to be that guy. Why would we ever make fun of Dave? Dave Short Guy. Nobody. No, we're not gonna make yeah. fun of Dave Short Guy for the rest of the show. Yeah, we're never going to make fun of DSG. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Um, so this guy, there's <laughs> there's two there's two versions of this. Sorry, that made me laugh. Um, so there's there's two things that people believe about this about this John Sage, and one is that he was a real guy that that lived. And others believe that he's more like a Robin Hood or a King Arthur, where he was kind of invented as just 
the person to take the heat for everything that happened back then. You know what I mean? So like all these basically war crimes that they would be today, you can just, instead of saying it was the entire English army, you can just be like, oh, it was just John Sage that did all of it, right? But I, I kind of believe that he lived because the stories the stories are pretty, like, specific. And if they're not real, then, like, what happened is still real. What makes you think that he lived? Um, so you, it just feels like one of those things that passed down. Like, maybe it's, like, embellished a little bit, but it just feels like one of those stories that was, like, passed down by word of mouth. Because you can't find any written record on it. But, again, we'd be going back to the 1300s. So tough to find some written records that far back. 1200s 1200s right so it's i think it's word of mouth stuff so i i choose to believe that he lived but i mean we're going to argue about it all day whichever side you're on i can see it both ways though all right yeah they were pretty um brutal back then when they used you know executions as basically a form of entertainment Mm -hmm. for everyone they just gather around and and watch that so i can definitely see it happening either way I mean, the stories can't like the stories came from somewhere, you know, it, you know, right. I mean, maybe because he was such a bad guy. They wanted the story to be worse than it was. You know, they wanted his death to be worse. But I don't know, man, they were pretty, pretty brutal back then. I was going to say they're pretty medieval back then, but that would be too, <laughs> make too much sense. Real on those. <laughs> redundant, yeah. it? The, uh, redundant. Yeah. It, what's crazy about like these torture methods is, is obviously the whole thing's crazy. But when you look into it, like it, it's just unbelievably brutal and graphic and they have these torture chambers but they would also do it on full display for everyone and everyone from town would just go to watch this guy be stretched out and it's like you take your kids it's just it was a different time this is this is nuts i mean you're, we're also talking obviously different time period but like the coliseum everyone would just go watch people be mauled to death by lions and stuff like it's um yeah it's if there was a coliseum i'd probably go i'm a big advocate for this so hear me out this is this where we get canceled hear me out not like torturing people that are unwilling but and and let's let's forget about like the bears and the lions eating people but no 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 no, no, no. i said hear me out death row inmates you give them the opportunity you battle to the death if you win I don't know if we give them freedom. What, you go free. Well, you maybe you know <laughs> I think so. what? I think we, where are you going? Yeah, this is really similar to like Russia or something. I don't know. Like, but it's I don't know. The uh, maybe we don't free them, but maybe there's okay. You're no longer on death row. I think some of them would sign up. I would. I would pay to see that pay per view. Mm, be a good one. I'm not on board with this. I just want to publicly announce that this is not the official hometown ghost stories position. Well, guess guess we, who is first in line to fight in the Coliseum? Dave. Well, Dave's MMA trained. He's he's overqualified for that. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the amount of people that John Sage was torturing, it says that it was upwards of 50 people a week, right? And you start doing the numbers on that. It's 7,500 to 10,000 people over the course of like the three years or so that they believe he was operating doing this. That's like seven to ten people a day. Right. It's insanity. And it did. How do you have time to torture ten people a day? And it was (laughs) men, women, children. He didn't care. Like, it just, there was no, it it just didn't matter to him. That's just just great. Like, there isn't like a higher up that's like, you know, maybe the guy torturing kids downstairs isn't such a good guy. Yeah. I I mean, but how, 
how easy is it for them to get word of it, right? Because the king and stuff, they're all going over to Scotland to fight. So he's kind of left there and they're just sending people back to him. It's not like he, they're getting the word back. And then they did tell him to let the people go once everything was over. And he was like, nope, not doing that. Um, we are going to kill everybody. So on that, I don't know if, I mean, I, I heard conflicting reports, not that he was told to let them go, but it was just, they had too many people for him to take his time executing. So he just was basically like, all right, he did separate the the children with the adults, set the adults on fire, I believe. And then he went and he chopped up every little kid, which is yep. absolutely horrifyingly brutal. And um, devastating. I was almost disappointed uh, that you just said he went in with his ax and, took care of it i was like damn you probably should have said what he really did was absolutely massacre these children it's it's an awful 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 detail but it really leads to the next part of the show which i guess we'll get into a little in a little bit which is the hauntings when you when you first of all with these kids even just witnessing what happened to the adults that is horrifying Mm -hmm. and then to then go through what they went through i i would be absolutely shocked if this place wasn't haunted there's so many reasons for this place to be haunted just from this alone and then so the courtyard, let's talk about some of the hauntings from John C. Well, Jessica, Jessica Lamelli has a question. She says 10 people a day. That's like the whole village population, right? So this was actually before the Black Plague, which um, so it, the population might not be as small as you might imagine back then. So because when the Black Plague came through, it, it knocked the population down by like 50%. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was kind of like um, going into the Dark Ages there. But this was before all that. So and probably... Probably more densely populated than you'd think. So the courtyard, I didn't even touch on the courtyard hauntings in the pre-recorded part, but I wanted to bring it up here. There are tons of shadow people that are seen within the courtyard amongst other things, sounds, noises, screams, all within that courtyard. And it's a beautiful courtyard, to be honest. We, we saw it on some of the video footage. Um, but yeah, it's also one of the most haunted locations in the castle. They're all haunted. This entire castle is haunted. There is like nothing. And there's other stuff that we're going to bring up that wasn't even in the episode. And you're like, there's just not enough time to cover this entire place. Yeah. With all the hauntings there, literally like Rob said, every, every single room, this could have been a two-parter, but, um, and outside the hanging trees, I didn't bring up the hanging trees. So he used to hang people. There's like a whole section outside that he used to hang people from. And not only did he hang them like the regular way, he would hang them upside down and then just leave them. Like just walk away. That's and they just, go. and that's just how, so you like, that's another thing that happened at this castle. That's brutal. And there's been people that have heard noises and heard voices and seen apparitions around those trees. I saw a, uh, one story that was a person who went through on a ghost tour and he saw, I think they were in, they were near the oubliette where they used to throw the people down. Mm-hmm. And um, he was basically was approached by like a looming shadow. And I don't remember if he was like a, he was either a young adult or like a teenager or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he was just completely overcome with fear and ended up needing like six months of counseling after this shadow, this shadow creature just approached him Yikes. basically. Yeah. Terrifying. So, yeah. So that's how, that's really how the castle kicks off its history is through 
torturing thousands and thousands and thousands of people, right? Like that's that's where the castle begins, which is such a juxtaposition, which is the word I use all the time on the show, from what it started off as, which was a monastery. Like that's the opposite of what's supposed to be happening here in the beginning. And then it just becomes this brutal killing ground for hundreds of people. Yeah. The um, uh, Crystal Blue says, I've heard there's an elemental at Chillingham. Um, so that, I, I don't know what you... Did you read it? Did you read anything about an elemental spirit there, Rob? Um, I did not read anything about an elemental, but that doesn't mean that I didn't, that I didn't just miss it because there's a few other things that I almost missed in this story. And I researched this one like harder than most of the stories that I researched because there is so much. But when you're researching this particular castle, there's an abundance of information on John Sage, the Radiant Boy slash Blue Boy, uh, and the other ghosts that we covered in the episode. It's harder to find some of that other stuff. But we'll we'll hit on some of the other stuff that I did find. Well, let's start with the Blue Boy because um, that that was an interesting one. So. He's often witnessed by flashes of blue light or a halo. What is the uh, what is the significance of blue? Is it just because he was wearing blue? Right. So this this light slash mist would appear, right? So it would they would be accompanied by a child like screaming slash crying, and it would come through that it would come through the wall, and this happened for years and years and years, and then he would turn into a boy. Well, the mist would or the light would turn into a boy and then the boy would disappear. And for years and years and years, people were seeing this. And then finally, where it would always come from the same wall, too. So the early 1900s, late 1800s, they renovating the castle. They start to tear down this wall. And as they tear down this wall, they find the skeleton within the wall. And he's wearing remnant. There's remnants of a blue suit, so it's real tattered and destroyed. Obviously, because it's been on the wall for years and years. I'm sure there's been you know things like bugs and stuff getting to the cloth and eating it and all that stuff. So it was tattered. But they find this skeleton, and the most chilling part of this entire story is within the wall. They found scratch marks. And they found, like, his fingers. They could tell that, like, his hands were scratching the walls because of the way they, they looked on the skeleton. That is so That's crazy. Because you'd think, like, if you're scratching on the wall, you could tell, you know, because, like, fingernails might be worn down. But if they could tell on the skeleton, that means he ground his fingers right, right. down to they the bone. They said they ground his fingers down to the bone and scratched on the wall until, unfortunately, he died. And it's not connected, like no one's connected it, but I wonder, I kind of connected it in the opening story because I, I was more so wondering, like, do we think this was one of John Sage's torture things? Like, was that wall being built or something at the time? And he was like, there's throw him inside the wall. Throw, like the kid did something. It's like, bury him in the wall. Maybe. And maybe that's why the walls ended up 12 feet thick. Because it's like, we, we need more wall. Mm-hmm. You know, this one's full. Was right. that was that picture that you found uh, the actual picture of it? No, I just I 
So I was not entirely sure. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This one's it, but I'll share it on the screen here. This was in the town. It was the skeleton that they found. They, they said they found it and chiseled it away. I don't know if this is just a website posting this picture and saying that it's it, but um, mm-hmm. when, when did they find it? Uh, from I couldn't find an actual date, but everything that I saw was like late 1800s, early 1900s. Okay, well, this and, and the haunting sure. stopped for a while after that. Hmm. So the the hauntings stopped, and then in the 1980s, when the house was bought and started to be renovated, and they started actually uh, renting out that room, the pink room, the haunted started started up again, and people started seeing the light and the mist come out of that wall. Matthew T says, "Sounds like uh, Blue Boy needed a bell. Yeah, that would be like the." Uh... Dead oh, ringer bell. Yeah. And then Ste- Stephanie V says, Jesse, aren't you happy you found stairs instead of a child's skeletal remains? <laughs> That's alluding to the joke that we had in the pre-show patron chat. It was a, some of the story about how we found a hidden staircase behind a mirror in our house. So yes, I am glad that it was just stairs and not a boy's skeletal remains. Although I like haunted and creepy things being found. That's a bit much. Yeah. Not too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not the only skeletal remains found in this castle, by the way. That doesn't surprise me. Shocked yeah. if it was. Yeah, so they found a couple other skeletons, like, and I don't know if anyone remembers on the video, but I saw I showed like a grate, like in in the ground at one point. So supposedly underneath there, there was two skeletons found. I'm sure if they, I'm, oh, I would be absolutely shocked if if they dug and didn't find skeletons well, everywhere. They are still finding bone fragments today, like that as weather comes through and stuff like that it brings it to the surface or something i don't know the exact scientific method for it but bones are still being extracted from around the grounds it's just nuts from what i read places like that especially like old castles and old ruins it's, it's, it's like how do you not just constantly dig and find stuff it was like this when we went to greece like everywhere that they dig in greece to do any kind of construction, they would just find historical stuff and then they'd have to stop the dig and the historical, you know, archaeologists never right. would have to come in and dig it up. And it's it's like a, a problem. Like they're trying to put a subway in uh Thessaloniki right now, but they it just every five feet they go, they just find another historical site. And while all of like the historians are like, yes, all the construction workers are like, you've got to be kidding me. We just want to build a subway. So but and all the people <laughs> that live in the town are probably just like, I just want to get to work. I'm so <laughs> sick of this. Exactly. But it's, it's places like that. It's just, there's so much history tied to it. It's, it's fascinating. It really is. Right. Yeah. And that's why like we can cover something like Chillingham castle in one episode. And like Dave said, we could, we could have probably done two episodes on this castle itself. Um, just from all the, the different stories that envelop it. You really could. Um, and, and it just goes to show why this why this building is so haunted. I mean, it's just like places like this, even if you're a non-believer, like how do you how do you not think a place like this would be haunted? Just so many years, hundreds of years of crazy shit happening there. It's nuts. Hundreds and hundreds of years. And 
Then there's the stories like the pantry ghost, right? That story's pretty, pretty uh, specific. So years and years ago, there's that soldier that's, I, I've read it as a soldier and like just as like a, almost like a butler type guy that was in the castle. Both make sense based on it being a castle, right? So he's in the castle by himself and he walks around the corner into the pantry and this woman is just, this old woman is just pale, like real pale, looks real sickly. And she's just going, water, please, can you get me water, water, water? And so like he's freaking out. He's like, oh my God, this this woman is sick. And he's just like in his head, it's like, this is one of the this is one of the guests of the castle right now. I need to go get this woman water. She looks terrible. And he starts to go get her water. And he's like, as he's going, he's like, wait a minute, there's I'm the only one in here tonight. What the hell's going on? Turns around to go find her and she's just gone. And never to be seen again from him. But she has a popped up a few other times throughout. And people do have um, sightings of her in the pantry, always looking sick. And they think she was poisoned, which once again, could this be part of what happened in the 1200s, 1300s, when everyone was getting tortured? Were they poisoning people as well? I would guess not. And if there was a poisoning, it would probably be like an accidental poisoning. Like there was something in the water that somebody drank or food poisoning or something uh, so extreme that they were killed. Because if they're killing people that in like such a brazen fashion, like torture and like, you know, all these like medieval torture, they're not like, oh, and we'll poison this one. Mm. You know what I mean? I feel like that doesn't really fit the bill. Yeah, unless it's like... I wouldn't rule it out though. I mean... An excruciating one, right? Like if you're just trying to make this woman suffer and it sounds like she suffered before she died, perhaps they just they just were doing stuff like that as well. Yeah, maybe or maybe it was like um, an assassination type of thing. You know, you want to be discreet. Right. You no. see that all the time in medieval stuff as people poisoning each other for executions that, to a point where they had like food testers, right? Where people would, you know, you had... For assassinations, not for executions, yeah. Assassinations, yeah. yeah. Did I say executions? I meant assassinations. Yeah, I mean, they would have like basically so, someone whose job it was was to take a bite of the king's food or whoever's food before they would eat it. This poor bastard's like, nope, not poisoned today. Yeah. All right. Do we want to get into the soap opera-like story right now? Yep. Sure. So this one so, is the uh, – I'll let you start telling it. I, I had a list. Go ahead. So, so this is the story of Mary Berkeley. So she's the one whose husband, um, Lord Gray, which is – his name was Ford Gray, which, by the way, if you're trying to search for Ford Gray – it is the worst just car of all time. <laughs> yeah, it literally yeah, just right. pops up a bunch of gray Fords, and I'm just like, dude, <laughs> this isn't what I want at all. I don't want this. Like, I'm looking for the historical one, and it's just like, here's a new Ford truck. And I'm just like, no, bro. Like, I need to see this old fat dude that cheated on his wife. Like, what what are we doing here? So, uh, um, yeah. So there, there's Lord Gray who cheated on his wife, Mary Berkeley, with her sister of all people, Henrietta. So the whole story of him getting caught is hilarious as well. So basically he's with her sister and they hear someone coming and he hides in like a wardrobe and he he's trying not to get caught and he ends up hiding in the wardrobe for two days because there's never a moment 
for him to leave the wardrobe. <laughs> He's committed. And then he eventually he eventually has to leave it just to like get something to eat or whatever and gets caught, which is hilarious. So we start with the comedy movie. I wonder if right? he I wonder if he came out of the wardrobe eventually. He's like, oh nothing to eat in there. Thought <laughs> <laughs> there would be. <laughs> so obviously Mary is devastated, but here's the catch. He has to go to court because in England at the time, women were considered almost, I mean, no better way to put it, property of either A, their husband, or B, their father. And Henrietta was not married. So his father-in-law takes him to court because he wants restitution for the the adultery basically for sleeping with his daughter ruining his property which is right it's i mean it's disgusting all around so you would think like this is where the story ends like they go to court they settle it in court and everything but no it gets more soap opera-ish where like three days into the trial i don't know how many days for sure henrietta shows up with a guy to court and she's like uh no this is my husband and everybody's like the hell are you talking you about this is your husband cheating on her husband yes because she was still in love with ford gray and she didn't want her father from what i gather she didn't want her father like winning this lawsuit so basically it would have had to been her quote-unquote husband that now sued him this is very soap opera-esque that's what i'm saying like so that there was like this whole twist at the trial where she's actually married, which she probably wasn't. She probably just knew this dude and was like, hey, I'm going to pay you and you're going to pretend to be my husband <clears throat> or maybe even Lord Grey did. You forgot to do that in a British accent. Uh, hey, I'm yeah. going to pay you to be my husband. I don't know that accord with me. You're welcome. All right. <laughs> so the England episodes are done for a while after this, I take it. <laughs> No, we got. We still have to cover Scotland next. Oh my God! I'm not. I'm sick that day. So tell me where ghosts coming coming with this. I can't wait for the Scottish accents. (laughs) Very similar. I gotta tell you, not much better. Um, So, well, how does the story end? So, it ends. I think that basically the court trial got thrown out or something like that. I don't remember the exact ending of that. But this dude, Lord Grey, is. It's his story is insane. So, like, just to not, he it's not ghost related. So this guy becomes a traitor against the crown, like three different times or something. He leads like this rebellion, but then they think because a he was a coward and b he was like an inside man. Hang on, that there's a lot leading so leading much. a rebellion doesn't sound like a very cowardly thing to do. <laughs> No, but but like during battle. So like uh, he, he okay. acted like a coward during battle. All right, all right. Or whatever. I was gonna say, like, and, how many how many guys around town are gonna be like, yeah, let's uh, I heard the cowards leading a rebellion. Yeah, oh, let's do it. That's <laughs> a real good rallying cry. No. So they think that like his cowardice got them like destroyed in this battle, but they also think he might have done it on purpose and have been like a traitor, like you know, double agent type deal. Crazy story. And basically he should have been – he brought got brought up on charges of treason, which we know is like death, but they just let him out. They're just like, nah, dismissed. 
dismissed. And apparently this Gray family would do this throughout history. And what they would do is the family would play both sides. So some of the family would join like a rebellion. Some would stay loyal to the crown. How many times can you get and away then, with that? <laughs> How did they not end up they being would, tortured? It's because they weren't Scottish. And then, and then the side that won, the other side would be like, oh, I just need you to pardon my family because I helped you so much. I helped you win this battle or I helped you within this. And they'd be like, yeah, pardon them. Hmm. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's like, it's just, it shows you like what the rich people have been just been doing for centuries and centuries and centuries. Yeah, not much has changed. Right. To be honest. Okay. So this is one of the most famous hauntings. Where in the story did it turn into ghosts? So the story is that after all this and her and her husband split because he does get so supposedly Henrietta and Ford, they might have stayed like together secretly for a while afterwards, but Mary had like kicked kicked them out or whatever. Mm. And Mary, there's stories of her jumping off the top of the castle, which aren't true, but supposedly she was really like sad for the rest of her life. Didn't leave the castle much. And ever since then, her go ever since she passed away, her ghost has been seen looking out over the top of from one of the rooms in the castle where she stayed. Yep. And like the rustling of her dress and everything yeah, like that going up and down the stairs. Footsteps and Footsteps and whispers, cold spots, and sometimes people get pushed down the stairs, apparently, by yeah, supposed to be her ghost. So apparently she's still pissed off about uh, her husband hanging out in the closet for a long time. Right. I mean, with her sister, of all people, right? So just real scumbag moves from those two. Lots of uh, Fifty Shades of Grey jokes going on in the chat right now. Uh, yes, I had a feeling that was that was going to be coming mm -hmm. soon. Better than Gray yeah. Ford jokes. Oh no, my god, no good, no good jokes about that. I so I wasn't even thinking about it as I typed in Gray Ford or Ford Gray or whatever. <laughs> I when it popped up, I was like, "Oh, this is what's going to happen with this." Matthew Thomas says, "I have a fever, and the only thing that can fix it is more accents." No, what he said was, "I have a fever. <laughs> the only thing that can fix it." It's more well, accents. Wow. Can you do Christopher Walken in British accent? It doesn't even make sense. I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't want to hear you, it. I saw you okay, mustering up the courage. You're just going to let us down like that? <laughs> no, it wasn't a courage thing. It was, uh, I can't think of how I would. <laughs> just mal <laughs> just malfunction. I've got, I've got a fever. <laughs> of the only prescription. It's for more accents. Unreal. That was terrible. But it was, good. Well, it was not, glorious. We can't effort. do French until we do a, a French episode. So Al, like Al, Al came in right at the wrong time and said, great show, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Al popped in and was like, nope. Nah, he's, like, he's like, oh, maybe he's being serious. Anyways. Um, Andrew brought this up in chat earlier, and I did want to touch on it. I'm not sure if you mentioned it in the episode. Did you talk about the uh, girl in the well? Or he says the corpse in the well. I'm assuming that's what he's talking about. Not in the wall, the well. Uh, he was talking – Andrew was referencing the poisoned water theory. Okay. Uh, that's what I believe the corpse in the well was. Well, no, there was also a story – I don't have it in front of me. I wish I did. But there was also a story of a girl who got thrown by the well – down into the well, and they – they some some shows that I listen to say that like her bones are still in the bottom of the well. You can go see them, but I find that to be 
completely far-fetched. Like there's no way. There's no way. They, like these are, there's no yeah, way. Like how many years did they go through with this being like a Christian, you know, castle? You think they're going to leave a little girl's body just in the well the whole time? So I, I doubt, absolutely not I way. doubt that. Andrew says, yes. Uh, what are you saying yes to? Is this the story you're talking about, Andrew? Because if you have any insight, let us know. He's saying yes, confirming that I was correct, that he was right. He's saying yes, that I was correct. Poisoned well. I don't. I doubt it. I can tell by the way he typed that yes that he's confirming my yeah, theory. It's all in the spelling. Mm. True. Uh, anyways, so that that's the story of like Mary Berkeley and Lord Grey. It's just I know the ghost story is like a little quick in there at the end, but just the overall insanity of that is just. As I was researching, I'm like. And I think there might be movies and stuff made of it. The Gray family. The Gray family owned this property for a long, long time. It was the Grays and the Bennetts are the only two families that had owned it. And then when somebody bought it in the 1980s, his wife was actually a descendant of the Grays. So it's like it's still in the family somehow. Like it just stays within this family no matter what. Right. Um. So we had touched on the gruesome story about the the children who died. Um, the room that they're supposed to haunt was the room that they stayed in. I believe it was uh, King Edward's room. Is that correct? Yeah, King so, Edward's room. Yes. Um, I don't know if it's the. Did you hear anything that was child spirits or, that are in there? I heard there's like a very dark and violent spirit that haunts that room, but I don't know if it's necessarily child ghosts, child demons. You hear the cries of children within that room, so there is that. I mean, there's a dark, there's supposedly like a dark spirit that lurks the entire castle. Mm -hmm. So people have had to be taken out of this castle. They feel very off, very drained, all, you know, all the normal symptoms of yeah. dealing with dark spirits. So, and that seems to be all throughout the castle. Yeah. In this room in particular, if we're talking about, it was King Edward's room, the, there's like, uh, documented like violent attacks that happen that people can't attribute to anything physical, so they assume it might be something demonic, which very well could roam around the castle. I would. It, it's just whenever you have so much, I hate to keep going back to it. When you have so much death, so much torture, so many horrible, horrible things that happened in one place, who knows what could what could haunt this place now? Yeah, I mean, it's again just crazy, crazy history, and it it could be. You could go back to maybe the de maybe it was demonic before things started happening. Maybe that helped get into, although he was hired to torture people, but maybe something, you know, got inside and he yeah. took it way further than he normally would have. Who knows? Maybe. I mean, maybe he was just a psychopath. But I mean, it, there's there's it, also that. Anyone to? I mean, I know it's kind of the norm to torture back in that time anyways for the smallest of crimes i mean you steal something you're getting your hand chopped off right like this is just what went on back then but to turn around and also just torture the kids or chop them up that's just next level you have to be an absolute sociopath don't know how right. to do that well i mean we got to remember that there there's times throughout history i mean even today sadly where people just look on a different group of people based on where what country they're from and they are just not human to that person right mm -hmm. so to him it might have just been like the scots were they weren't on his level they were just another they were just animals to him almost so he was just getting rid of 
a group of animals almost like it, it's disgusting that's, that's how he saw it yeah but that's how some of these people see this stuff yeah did you ch- touch on the uh chapel i didn't but i did want to bring it up but so go ahead and uh so this one's supposed to be super haunted as well they found three human skeletons here two of them were found under the glass stained window or the stained glass window and one of them was found in the back corner underneath the floorboards um the last one that was underneath the floorboards was a little girl no one really knows what happened to her. Obviously, at some point, she got buried underneath the floor, but her spirit likes to interact with people. She communicates with mostly women, and she's known for playing with people's hair, and then people become, um, they just get like, they get really sad whenever they uh, sit on top of the place that she was found. So that one is a, um, that's wild. So they're just, they're just finding skeletons in the walls, under the floors, everywhere, as we, as we were kind of alluded to earlier. I mean, and even like, I'm sure there was a ton of burials like of people that either just died in battle and stuff on the grounds and, or just people that got buried just to be buried because they died of old age and stuff like this, this entire castle, think of a regular house that's like 300 years old. And we've, we've talked about this before. It's probably been quite a few deaths. And now you're talking about a castle that housed soldiers that had torture, you know, they, they also servants. Had- sieges like there's also battles that took place so you add that on top of all of it i mean we talk about like gettysburg obviously there's a ton of people that died in a very short span of time there that's why it's unbelievably haunted yeah let's talk let's talk about that over the course of eight or nine hundred years like it's 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 wild right and then just the amount of people that worked in this castle lived in this castle they a lot of them probably died in this castle it's just it's it's just encapsulated so much negative energy i'm sure there's a ton of positive energy as well but there is a lot of negative air energy in this area i want to talk about the ghost that um is in the family portrait which was the gray family that uh the apparition steps out of the portrait and walks around the castle let's talk about it because i didn't see that one so you talk about um, it dave yeah. I will talk about it. So the uh, the apparition was seen by the Tankerville's children and their nurse, and it would basically step out of the painting, and it followed them around the castle for several minutes. After a family friend stayed in the castle, they saw the same ghost, but this time she emerged from another one of her portraits. Uh, her spirit uh, has also been seen walking the corridors, mistaken for a guide in period clothing. So this ghost apparently still walks around out of the picture, which is pretty cool. Very unique. I have not heard about a ghost that comes out of a picture like that before. No, so. in the Belcourt Castle, we got an arm that pointed out of a picture, right? Or something, or pointed out of the wall, but just straight up walking out of the picture, almost like the ring or something. Like, that's 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 a unique one. Add that one to the list of, a good of one. Uh, ghosts that we haven't covered. Um, that's a fun one. Yeah, let's, I wish I saw that one. I would have added that for sure. For sure. Uh, Crystal says that the elemental is demonic. It occurs because of all the evil. All right. And then Stephanie says, what was the population of that area? I don't know if we have an actual number on what the population was. We just know it was much more than after the Black Plague hit. And, right. Um, Papa Squash says that's some Harry Potter stuff there. Definitely some Harry Potter stuff. Yep. Um, Stephanie A. said earlier that the blue boy, when he shows up as like that ball of light, wouldn't that be a will of the wisp? And yes, I wanted to make sure that we hit that because that is technically what a will of the wisp is. It just changes into the boy and then it becomes something different. But if it stayed as that like ball of energy and we are going to be covering will of the wisp at some point as part of our 
um, history of ghost series as well. Mm -hmm. And if you're in England or if you're listening from England, you can do ghost tours over here. Obviously, it's very busy time of year for them so it's it's kind of getting booked up right now and we've reached the witching hour for dave's connection on the podcast so before <laughs> we sign off let's go through the hauntings of the dungeon is this one of the more active areas in the castle it really seems like it should be yeah so you see a lot of the ominous hauntings of the dungeon with the shadow people as well as like the dark spirits feeling negative energy all of that stuff is is happening there. But the funny thing is, is that what they have set up as the dungeon, they don't believe was the actual dungeon. They believe it was a different room in the castle back in the day. So it'd be interesting to see that room as well. Right. Um, it's also believed that the castle is cursed. Uh, there was a Spanish witch who was killed in the dungeon, and right before she died, she apparently cursed the entire castle. So obviously that uh, could lead to... So way to just steal my next thing i was gonna go into this one why don't you why don't you relax for right, well, about five seconds that's all i got on it so why don't you <laughs> dive a little deeper so yeah so this spanish wish she so this really starts to dig into like this crosses over to our cursed possessions episode so what happened with this is after she after she actually cursed the the thing people were stealing stuff from the castle so they would take um, pieces of glass. They would take whatever they could find from the castle to take home, which is real reminiscent of the beach that we covered and the, the ghost town that we covered. And as these people would go home with these items, bad stuff would start happening to them. And basically, they would start mailing stuff back to the castle. I'd be like, hey, I took this while I was on this ghost tour. And they uh would send it back and write a letter and like please forgive me let's i so let's uh before we started doing the show i had never heard of like people stealing a cursed item and mailing it back and now this is the third thing so if people listen to our side content on cursed possessions we've covered this twice now well yep. well one's going to be an upcoming episode that hasn't been released yet but we covered this on the one in um thailand oh is that not come out yet? i don't think so i'm so lost with what we have so far um where people would steal the pebbles and then uh, they're supposed to be from a cursed island. And if they stole them, uh, they would mail them back and be like, sorry, this thing is cursed. And then we dealt with it. I won't spoil it for the next cursed possessions one, but now you have it here too. So obviously yeah. in with the scientific method, if, if something keeps reoccurring, then that's proof of it possibly being true. And this is now the third one that we've covered in like four weeks that has this happening. It's actually kind of crazy. Uh, Papa Squash, so they put a lot of faith in the postal system, which is true, especially the ones that are sending stuff back to Thailand, which is crazy. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So I think this is that's actually that's that's fascinating that that's multiple locations, three in a row. Crazy. There's a there's a mountain I've heard of that. This is a thing, too, where people are if they take rocks off of it, they're not supposed to touch the rocks on the mountain. And if they do, they, um, they're supposed to be cursed and they have to send them back. So, All right. Well, maybe that'll be on an upcoming episode of Cursed Possessions. Possibly. Um, Dave, how's your connection feeling? I don't know. Oh, there you are. I can't tell. You're good. That's okay. So that's Chillingham Castle, and I feel like we're just scratching the surface on it. I mean, there's a bunch of, like, ghost hunting shows, paranormal channels, and, you know, like, YouTube 
YouTubers that have been there and done investigations here. They've caught some solid evidence. So definitely look into it. I'm definitely gonna be watching more on it. This is the first I've heard of Chillingham when you told me about it. So um, that's cool. That's cool. So yeah, what do we got coming up, gentlemen? Next week, we are kicking off the October month with the Bridgeport Poltergeist in Bridgeport, Connecticut. All right. Very so good. I'll keep it short. I like that Dave started talking slower to make it seem like the connection would fix, and it actually did. <laughs> so that, away with that's words. When Dave talks slowly and deliberately, it's very intimidating, and his internet the, yeah. sat, sat there and behaved for a moment, so it's very good. Right. <laughs> Public Squash says, next week on Curse Possessions, Dave's internet. <laughs> 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 yes um, absolutely and jessica says i believe there's something in hawaii with lava rocks that's similar to the pebble thing it's very very interesting this is like a new kind of haunting for me you know you we get the usual you know bingo card of hauntings but stealing cursed items and then mailing them back is i am shocked that that happened in more than one place it's kind of wild just that right. adds validity to it so we got that coming and then we have side content we're going to rely on Dave to speak again. Dave, what was the uh, cursed possessions that we've been kind of hinting towards here? It was the cursed ghost town of Bodie, California. Boom. Two in a row. That's perfect. And nice. then we're going to be reviewing. So if you guys haven't already, make your way to the movies and go see Barbarian. Is it Barbarian or The Barbarian? Yes. Go see Barbarian. Barbarian. Go see Pearl because I think we're going to cover Pearl in the near future as well. Mm-hmm. Um and we're going to be covering a lot more movies. We're going to be pumping out a lot more movie reviews for October. That is part of like extra content we're going to be releasing for people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be doing new movies. We're going to be doing older movies. Uh, we're going to cover the Evil Dead franchise completely for an episode. Yeah, we're going to we're hit gonna the classics. Tr- we're going to try to get trick or treat a ton of content for you guys in October. Yes. I mean, it's, it's it's excuse me, spooky season is here. We're going to be pumping out content. Uh, we're also part of Bloody FM, as we had alluded to earlier. I'm going to have to put a little black background on this thing because it blends right into your background there, Rob. But we do have the it logo does. and everything. Um, and we got some uh, some some good stuff coming up with them. It's very exciting. So ton of content coming your way. In October, we're going to be release, releasing the History of Ghosts, which uh, was exclusive to Patreon, and we will drop a bunch of stuff for you guys. I'm excited about it. If you guys have um, have suggestions on horror movies that you want to see reviewed, new or old, I know we're trying to hit on a lot of newer ones lately, but in October, we're going to be hitting the classics. So if there's some classic horror movies that you guys want to hear us review, then um, definitely uh, shoot us a DM or uh, hit us on Discord or Twitch or the Facebook group or wherever. And if you haven't joined the Facebook Facebook group yet, search Hometown Ghost Stories Obviously, like the regular page, but join the group as well, and um, we'll be inter- be able to interact with everybody. It's going to be awesome. So we're excited, man. October is here. It's spooky season. It is. Do we want to hit our review from this week? Because this <laughs> yeah. is a fun one. Okay. Yes, and we got to clarify that this is talking about Rob because uh, we'll we'll see why in a little bit. So it's titled "Great Show," which is a good start, and this is from AHDZ. So one of you shamelessly plugged this show on a dating app, and I just so happen to be looking for a new podcast to listen to at work. So here I am. The stories are interesting and well-researched, and I enjoy the playful banter slash Dave bullying. By the way, Dave, keep throwing in your pirate plugs. Don't let anyone kill your vibe. All right. We're going to start this off. By the pirate plug. <laughs> she requested it. Arr. Arr. <laughs> hey. I just want to let you guys know that I never stop promoting our show. Okay. And I also want you to let, let you know that that was directed towards Rob and that me and Dave aren't allowed to use dating apps. 
<laughs> Ridiculous rule set by our wives. Arbitrary rule. So I am just always promoting. I am all about this show. Doesn't matter where I am. I am letting everybody know about hometown ghost stories. Whether I'm in the street, the dating app, doesn't matter. You're going to hear about it. He's going to so promote that. Is my, promote that is my pledge to the show. A-B-P. I should be getting an award. Always be promoting. Right. So... There you go. That's what I'm doing. So if any of you are in dating apps, make sure you throw our show out there as well. And just great like, conversation starter. You start talking about ghosts. Everyone wants to talk about ghosts, good or bad. Well, they're either going to want to talk about ghosts or they're just going to hit that X button on you real quick. So Also true. Also true. Uh, before we go, I want to give a huge shout out to all the people at Block Island. Um, the people that were there that we were over there over the weekend and they welcomed us in we went live a bunch of times we got like absolute vip treatment out there um and i want to give a huge shout out to rick from um the block island ghost tours this poster behind me courtesy of them you can't really see it but it's an awesome poster they gave that they hooked it up dave's got the shirt on right there uh yeah they we it was it was awesome experience and then also with um with rich and the guys over at uh Rich and Mark. Rich and, Rich and Mark at the uh, Two Guys on Block Island podcast. These guys, they did. They gave us, they let us use a car for the day. They gave us a house to stay in. Like, absolutely hooked it up. We'll go into the details on that when we start working on Block Island Part 2. But huge shout out to those guys, and thank you so much for having us out there. Absolute blast. Absolute blast. Yeah. So that's that's about all I have um, for this episode. But, yeah, Chillingham Castle, what what a place. We need so we always talk about needing to go places. If we go to England, I need to go to Chillingham Castle. Yeah, we went to a few castles out in Ireland, but we didn't hit any of the England ones when we were in England. Um, I, I would have, I would love to, love to do that for sure. England's awesome. Be a great time, absolutely. All right. Well, uh, thanks to everyone who's hanging out in live chat. We appreciate you guys. Uh, if you want to be part of, oh, actually, let me thank the Patreons real quick. And in the meantime, um. So that that poster that's behind Jesse that's tough to see at the moment. We'll post a picture in the Discord, but it's a it's this really cool drawing of the Palatine. Yes, yeah. So it was uh, done by the same artist that does all the artwork for the Dropkick Murphys, um, and he custom made this for them and signed them and numbered them and everything. So it's pretty cool. Pretty cool piece of stuff there. So uh, quick shout out to our patrons for our VIPs. We have Justin T, Jimmy H, Mine Pops, Wilkins and Stephen V. And then for our other patrons, we have... Lisa. Did I not? Lisa as well. Lisa, did I miss me? Oh, you know what? You know what threw me off? Was it Ma and Pops on the same VIP? Um, yeah, Lisa J. And then uh, for other VIPs, I mean, other patrons, we have Mariah M, Curly J. Uh, we have Rachel B, Anthony Angry, Dave Rocks T. We have Matthew T, Cody G, Sydney B, Mark M, Papa Squatch, uh, Mike B, Brandon W, Sarah W, Soph Hooper, Jake V, Stephanie A, Seth Dave Sucks W, welcome back, uh, Captain McSlugs, and Sarah Dave Loves Bacon R. Thank you all so much for joining on Patreon if you want to be a part of that and get the cool perks, early access, ad-free episodes, all that kind of stuff. Uh, swing on over to Patreon. And that'll pretty much do it, gentlemen. Anything else? That's going to be it for me on this one. It was a fun one. That was a lot of fun. Crazy, crazy place. We'll see you guys on Friday for Cursed Possessions. And get to the movies. Go out there, see Barbarian. It was a good movie. And we'll, we have a lot to say about it, too. So Don't say what it was. we got to review it. You're ruining the review. I'm telling you it was good. It was a good movie. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll go into details in the future. Thank you, guys. And we will uh, oh. we'll talk to you soon. Right. 
and send us a message uh, somewhere letting us know what your favorite episode is, please. Yes, we need that for sure. Um, yes. For reasons. See you later.